you like to get things done quicker, faster, and with less effort? So do I. So I created a Facebook group called Assistance Automation and AI for mental health providers. You can search it in the Facebook search panel. And I created this because I love to talk about this topic. I love talking about assistants and how to hire them and manage them. I love automations that do things for me quicker, faster, better. And then AI is just exploding on the scene. And I feel like I'm talking about all the about it all the time and my friends are talking about it. So why not create a community group where we can discuss these things together, share ideas and get things done quicker. I'd be humbled if you joined the group and started contributing your favorite tips and tricks on assistance, automation and AI for mental health providers. Go to the show notes, find the link for the group or just search up assistance, automation and AI for mental health providers in the Facebook search bar. We'll see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland. Uh, this week, we have a special guest, Stephanie Cohen. It is Cohen, right? It is, and it's Stephanie. Also, okay. a lot of people say Stephanie, but it's Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie Cohen. Well, <laughs> my history is if I can mess up a name, <laughs> I'm going to mess it up. Well, you didn't, so we're off oh, to good. a good start. One for one. All right. So uh, my special guest, Stephanie, has uh, written a book on, um, and also has a therapy practice on overcoming the fear of dogs. I came in contact with her after listening to her show from Lisa Mustard's show, uh, the therapy show, and I'm just like, wow, she's got something interesting. And she also wrote a book about that. So since this show is all about scaling, and like add it, you know, growing, this is just another way to grow your practice and grow your expertise. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, Stephanie. Can you tell us about yourself? Sure. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I'm also a dog lover and a parent and a grandparent. And over the years, I have kind of uh, seen that Many more people than one would originally think are actually afraid of dogs, mostly children, but also adults. Adults are tend to be better at hiding it than than children. Um, this all started when my daughter was five years old, and out of the blue, she announced that she was not going on any play dates and she wasn't going to visit her grandmother, who was my mother because there were dogs there. And I didn't know what to make of this. I never heard of this. We love dogs. I was really, really surprised. So um, I actually went to visit my sister in California who um, helped me write the book. And uh, she had a wonderful dog. And intuitively, we kind of helped Becky overcome her fear. Mm -hmm. Exposure therapy. Um, and giving Becky control, dog was well-trained. Um, and we kind of saw that over the five days we were visiting her, her fear decreased. And then she was able to be around well-behaved dogs after that. Hmm. And then and very casually and informally, I had a, my own dog. I, we took the therapy dog training and I used him in my practice and people would say, oh, my child's afraid of dogs. And I said, well, let me try and help. And then 
we would I would bring was Muggsy. I'm now on my third. Muggsy uh, would come with me to a session and we would help. And it was very informal. And over time, I really, I really said, you know what? I have something here. I think I know what I'm doing. And my, my practice grew and grew and more people heard about me. And the thing about what I do is I can only help one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And I'm really very passionate about helping people who are afraid of dogs. And I thought if I could just put it in a book, more people would learn about the fear of dogs, which is also called xenophobia, and help their own children or also I wish I had, so for my regret, wish I had used a different title because I think the book is also helpful for therapists and dog trainers. Um, but um, more people would have an idea how to help people who are afraid of dogs. So that's why I wrote it. That's awesome. Like you, you, you found a need, like you personally had this need. Yes. Your family was going through this struggle. And then you, because you have the skills and you, you, you found a solution and then it just kind of grew from there. Like, like it helped more and more people. Um, Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So can I tell you, uh, can I talk about my dog stories? Is that okay? Okay. Okay. I have two. One when I was a paper boy and another one that happened like five years ago. So, um, and I must've gotten over the one when I was a paper boy, because there was a house where a, uh, multiple paper boy stories that you probably find that common, but, uh, I don't know, there aren't too many paper boys anymore. Oh, that's so. touche. Okay. So, uh, so my first, my first one, I had two, when I was a paper boy that I remember distinctly one, a dog. Uh, bit me on the leg when I was riding by on a bike, like, um, and uh, that that scared me, and I avoided that house for a while. And then the other one was it was Sunday morning, and I was delivering the newspapers, and I I went up to the 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 door, and it was at a corner of the house, and the dog came around the corner and like tackled me, and oh, no. like it's like you know. 5 a.m. or something. Yeah. Barely awake. I'm not a morning person. And uh, like, I got super scared of particularly those houses, but not necessarily dogs and animals. I think, I think we had a lot of, a lot of animals at our house, although I avoided those houses for a while. Now the, I guess the, the one though that I I was in um, more more recently, though, is I went to help somebody at their house drywalling. I'm not a great drywall expert, but it takes me a long time, but I was helping. And I played with their dog the whole time. Like, I like threw the ball with them and petted them. And, you know, I knew they were a slightly aggressive dog because when new people came to the house, they were like, rah, 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 rah. And as we were going to say goodbye, I leaned down to, like, pat it on the head and it bit me in the aye, face. yeah. And uh, I was scared of that dog, but and 
and I still get like when I lean down, like I'm still animal lover. And still to this day, when I lean down, I still feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this, even though the dog's like nice as pie. So uh-huh. I don't want I don't I don't want you to diagnose me or anything, but what what could I do in that situation? I know we're going to talk about the book, but no, 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 it's fine. It's 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 all related. Okay. So, um, we we don't teach kids how to be safe around dogs. Okay. So, um, if I had a kid who was a paper boy at this point, probably one of the things I would try to remember to tell them is or teach them about dogs. When you look at a dog, you can tell if they're happy to see you, if they're feeling scared or overexcited. And dogs chase things that move. So if you're on a bicycle and it's moving, mm-hmm. it might it might chase after you. So actually what the experts tell you to do, if it looks like that's going to happen, is you get off the bike, you put the bike between you and the dog, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you actually, it's, it's very scary, but you actually stand still. Because when you're still, you are less interesting to the dog. That's number one. The other one is, quite honestly, you should never put your head or face near a dog's face. Okay. I mean... It makes sense. Unless it's your <laughs> own dog and you absolutely know that it's going to yeah. be okay. Okay. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Uh, so that was a big mistake there. But um, I but still. But nobody told you. Yeah. Right? I still. Well, I just. We grew up with pets and that's what you did. You know, you you kissed them goodbye or you're like. Right. Right. You, and, those, like, and those pets were probably fine. The other thing is a lot of people. Don't take responsibility for their dog. Mm. So if you have to know your dog. And so, for example, my dog gets very excited when someone comes to the house. Yeah. I don't want her jumping on people. She should have manners the same way I want my kids to have manners. So I leash her and we go outside and we meet the people outside where I have more Mm. control and she's less excited. So you have to know your dog. You have to manage your dog's behavior. But quite honestly, a lot of people do not. So you take control of the environment and make it into a better experience for everybody involved. Bingo. Yes. Yes. Especially the dog. Yeah. Because then the dog will behave better. Because if you know they're going to do that, you can, you, the human, can take preventative measures. Yes. And and do it. Yeah, Yeah, proactive, right. Yeah. Also, with that other dog, I might have said to you, don't put your face near his. Yeah, right. Yeah, you you would have told you would have told me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great stuff. All right. I've already learned a lot. Good. So we're going (laughs) to we're going to move into our segment on uh, tool tech or tip of the week. Okay. Uh, Stephanie, do you want to go first? Sure. So. I honestly don't know how I got this book out of me. I am not an organized person. Um, I have even have trouble writing an outline. So mm. my tip, what worked for me, was I found someone. 
She wasn't an official editor type person, but she had studied journalism. She was looking for some extra money and she helped me. I kind of just wrote whatever I was thinking and she she took it and she organized it into chapters and paragraphs. And best thing for me was I was accountable. I knew yeah. Andrea was coming Wednesday at nine in the morning and I damp, am I allowed to say that? And I better, yeah. okay. <laughs> this isn't made for kids, so we're okay. okay. <laughs> and I, I better have my material ready. And she would give me assignments. She would say, okay, for next week, do this. Mm. And honestly, I, th I think that's how the book got out of me. Great. Uh, I love it. It's like two tips, like accountability and also um, like delegate your weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, exactly. uh, oh man, I am, I, I could do everything, but I am not great at everything. Just the other day, somebody, I sent something to, uh, a, a piece of content to somebody who was like a professional editor. And she found all these little things that aren't little, but you know, she was just like great at it. So, um, uh, yeah, delegate your weaknesses. Um, great. Uh, so my tip, uh, my tip is I'm experimenting with a, a tech program called notion.co and okay. it is basically a, uh, content manager. It's like create your own wiki type of program. It's free. You can upgrade to the pro $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to its AI. So I can type in for the AI, give me an outline or give me um, even like write simple blog posts uh, and it will do that for me, just like other AIs. It's cheaper than uh, ChatGPT, which is $20 a month. This one is $10 a month. I haven't looked into all the features but it has checklists and templates for project management and like uh, to-do lists and all sorts of things. And I can organize it sort of like a wiki page where there's links that take me to place. What I'm experimenting with now is I'm rewriting or writing my SOPs for all the projects that I'm doing, my standard operating procedures. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, mental health people have their acronyms, right? I mean, yes, you could yes. probably bury me in a list of acronyms. So SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. And uh, so I'm writing those out. So when I, uh, as I'm doing them, I don't have to recreate the wheel until I um, get them embedded into my mind. And then eventually the idea is with all these pieces of content, I'd be able to delegate portions of them to a virtual assistant or somebody now that I have the, it all in one place. So I'm doing some of that hard work ahead of time so that when I am, you know, more successful, but actually I'm going to cut that out. I'm, I am going to hire a virtual assistant before I'm super successful because I know it's going to help me in the future, even though it's going to help you get super successful. Yeah, it's going to help me. It's going to take off those. It's your tip, Stephanie. It's, your, it's like you del go. delegating things, delegating your weaknesses. Uh, but notion.co, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's, okay. it's a I wrote pretty, it down. Cool, pretty yeah. cool program. And uh, I see a lot of other creative people use it. And I, it's one of those things, like I saw it enough times that I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try it out. So that is my tip. Okay. 
So let's let's get into the uh, main segment, which is uh, the your you wrote a book, and I just wanted to ask you questions about like why did you write a book and like how because there's other people who are trying to scale and not everybody wants to scale their practice with like adding group members or adding a building or adding all these other things but they want to grow and become known for something um and help more people i think you're you're when you said in the beginning you wanted to help more people and you only you know you're only one person and the need is so great so this is another way for people to scale so i wanted to just uh Pick your brain a little bit about your process of scaling by writing a book. Uh, my okay. first, my first question to get us started though is like, why? <laughs> why did you? Why did you write this book? Um, so go ahead. Why did you write the book? Okay, so I wrote the book because I was pretty confident that I had something useful, and I really I had seen my methods work. Um, and I really wanted to share it. Also, when I would start talking with prospective clients or people about their kids, uh, lots of times I was just sort of volunteering my information. It wasn't done like in a a social work session or anything. Mm -hmm. And I I heard myself saying the same things over and over again, (laughs) which I actually did with you in the beginning. And it's, I guess if you repeat it enough, uh, it, I don't know, if, I don't, I don't know the, uh, the analogy for that, but it just made me, it just made me realize that this is something, it works and it's consistent. Maybe that was it, that it's consistent enough to be in a book. Um, yeah. So you, you, you heard yourself saying the same thing over and over again can you remember the point when you when you were like maybe i should write a book or did somebody tell you hey this would make a good book can you can you go back to that i can um i my sister who has been a fantastic cheerleader for me and she actually she uh she contributed to two chapters in the book she she's like you she's always looking to do more. Um, she's actually, she's an animal communicator and she does animal Reiki. So she also has a book in her, but she hasn't written it yet. So, but she made me write one. So (laughs) she, she just, she gave me the confidence to just try. And I Mm. went by some people and they said, why not? And I really thought I have nothing to lose. Um, and what I found as I started to get the information out is that the actual work that I do in the session with the dog and the, the client is it's a part of the book, but there was actually much more information that people need, which mm. I really wasn't even doing in my sessions. Mm-hmm. Who who were the people that connected with it? Like, did you get feedback along the way? I did get feedback. I got feedback from social work colleagues. Um, I I got feedback from people who. Um, so one of the things I do is I visit preschools 
with, uh, with my dog and I teach kindness to animals and bite mm-hmm. prevention. And I got a lot of feedback from the teachers or the directors there that it was a wonderful program. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm thinking of doing a book. And they said, do it. Okay. Easy for you to say. <laughs> no, oh, it'll just, it'll just like appear in a week or two. Right? Yeah. And this was before artificial intelligence. I yeah. wrote every word in there, just so you know. <laughs> oh, you know what? That, uh, that's going to become less and less. I know. As we go along. I know. But that the real, the real, the realness, the human humanity and the stories you bring that actually sets you apart from all this AI stuff. Well, that's true. And I do, I do have little vignettes in the book illustrating some of my points. Like, for example, there's four different ways fear of dogs develop. And I give examples for each one of those. I also do, and mental health people will relate to this. I also do like a, um, a case study, blow by blow, how it went, sort of process notes. No, I forgot the question. Um, well, it was why and who, Okay. Uh, so, uh, and what need, so uh, is there a deeper why to this? Like, what was your, because writing a book is hard and you probably get discouraged along the way and the work is hard, but what kept you going? Like, what was your internal motivation? Well, I think I, I wanted to complete it once I started it. It wasn't a baby or anything, but um, I'll tell you a little secret. I kind of live by good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. But in this case, good enough isn't real. wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I really, really had to put my best into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard, but it actually got published right as the pandemic started. So, which I think was interesting. Uh, but I had worked on it for, I guess, two years before that. Did the pandemic help or hurt the release? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. I know a lot of people bought pets during that time. Yes. So, I don't know if it helped the release, but it did get out there. And a lot of people did contact me. Not in the midst of the pandemic, but as it was kind of starting to wind down and people were out and about again, mm-hmm. they realized their children had not seen dogs for a year and a half or two years. <laughs> so they hadn't had any positive exposures and were now oh. afraid. Okay. That's that's great. Um, uh, so so you, you, you had this... You had this um, experience, you wrote it into a book, people gave you some feedback, but as we kind of alluded to, it didn't just pop up on your shelf. You had to do some work. So yeah. just just give us the highlights of how you did it. Like, did you have a process? Were you like Stephen King who sat down and wrote for an hour every day? Like, what what did you do? My process was if Andrea is coming Wednesday morning at nine, somewhere around Monday or Tuesday, I sat down and regurgitated everything on my mind. 
So I would give her something. That was my process. I'm, I don't know if I'm a procrastinator or if it's more like I work well under, like if I know I have a deadline, I'll wait up until, I guess that is procrastination. I'll wait until I have to do it. And then okay. I really do it. Okay. So that accountability kept you going. Did you have a deadline like where you're like, I'm going to work on this for six months or what? What was your? No, no, I had no idea. It kind of, I had no idea. So you just did it. Like, I just did it. You're just like, I'm going to work on this till it's done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had the outline. It um, so the book talks about what the fear of dogs is, how it develops. It gives vignettes. It describes exposure therapy. And then there are two chapters, which my sister kind of did, about the importance of teaching people how to read dog. Like, mm -hmm. what is a dog saying when it's got its tail between its legs or, or that kind of a thing? So kids learn to feel safe around dogs because when... So we're afraid of things we don't understand. So we have to teach kids about dogs so they understand them and then the last chapter which like maybe you've experienced yourself is is the human animal bond and the benefits of all the things mm -hmm. you get from number one facing your fears and number two interacting with animals yeah they do give us a big benefit i remember um for for Maybe 15 years, I kept trying to get my wife to get us a cat. She didn't want one because of the, the furniture. Sorry, I know we're talking about dogs, but we... No, that's okay. Animals are animals. Animals are animals. And, uh, and she, she wanted them declawed. She was worried about the furniture. But eventually, she, she, uh, she, you know, gave in. And I think she loves the cat more than we do, than my son and I do. I believe it. I, 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 I yeah. And the cat follows her around and like sits on her lap. The cat will like walk past my leg and be like, pet me. But when I try to like have it sit on my lap, like, no, not interested. But yeah. It loves, it loves my wife. She's, uh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Anyways, they bring a lot. They, they definitely bring a lot to the, they do. to the house. So that's why this is important because if people want that and they're afraid, uh, and they don't know how to like read the dog and develop the relationship with the dog or the animal, then that's something that they're definitely missing out on. Right. And um, it it causes a lot of stress, can cause family stress. Mm. You know, when my daughter said, no, I'm not going to grandma's, that was a problem. In some families that I'm contacted that one sibling loves dogs and is dying to have a dog and the other one is petrified. So mm -hmm. it, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that goes on around it as well. So while you were writing the book, uh, were there some challenges that you face uh, that you had to overcome? Um... I had to, I didn't even know what I didn't know, quite honestly. Um, I, you know, there was a lot of, you know, are you going to self-publish? Are you going to try to get an agent? Are you this or are you that? 
I'm the kind of, I'm doing it now with the marketing. I throw spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> and sometimes it sticks and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. So um, I, I really didn't, I didn't know, should I try to get an agent? Should I send, um, you know, now I forgot what they're even called because I didn't send that many to like a publishing publishist. Yeah. Yeah. Are you interested in this? Whatever. Anyway. So I ended up, I believe it's called hybrid publishing. You could also publish directly up to, um, like Amazon, right. but, but James, I, like people said, oh, you just format it this way and that way. And I said, are you kidding me? I have no idea what that means. So anyway, I did hybrid publishing. The company I worked with was fantastic. And um, do you want to um, give them a shout out? Sure. It, uh, it's Gatekeeper Press. Okay. Put, the, put their link in the show notes. Okay. And actually, I'm working on a new cover. So I'm, I'm back in touch with them and they're helping me with that. Awesome. So the, those challenges, like, did you, do you feel like, uh, you, did you stay with an idea for a long time? Like, it sounds like you threw things at and you, you wanted to see, see if it stuck or worked. How do you, how would, how did you evaluate? Was it working or not? Like, and did you change quickly? Cause I know one of the, one of the, failures or the the um struggles it, uh of trying new things is we we like invest a lot of time and energy into it and then when it doesn't work we like right. double down our efforts right like oh if i just had one more follower one more post or one right. more viral this or one more podcast interview you know everything will be great right but but, but we're not like reading the data and changing so how did you, how did you make those adjustments and what's your, what are you doing well, now? I kind of, I kind of tried to have a mindset that if, if the book could help one person, it would be enough. Like if there's one person who's, who's less afraid of dogs or now the family can go to the park together, that was good enough. So I very, I had very low expectations. Uh, quite honestly, I mean, this is only book is only part of what I do. So I wasn't like highly dependent on it. Mm. I try not to take anything personal about it. Uh, I rather than like doubling down, I probably lean more towards, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, not going to do it then. But okay. And you, you kind of like, read the data quickly and if it's not if it's not producing you're not gonna yeah yeah so you know i it. sent out a couple of query letters and whatever and got nothing um so that's when i said okay i'll just do it this other way okay that's uh that takes some courage i think i, I think that's um just a, a great perspective I think you detached a little bit of your, who you are from what you do. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like rejection. You know, I was really putting myself out there. Sure. So yeah. this way, plus I, this way I had more control, mm. I guess. Okay. Um, did anything surprise you about the book writing process? Um, I was surprised by 
all the moving pieces that, that, goes, that goes into it. Can you tell me more about that? So, you know, the chapters, the footnotes, the, the quotes, like I had to, I had to make sure I wasn't plagiarizing. <laughs> Hear that, AI? <laughs> I, oh, they do. Oh, they, I, they hear this. No, I know. I know. Um, and then I was, when I, when I sent the, the manuscript to the publisher, I was surprised by honestly how, I don't know if cute is the right word, but they did, a, they, they put a lot of nice touches on it. Like even, the, um, I don't know if you can see, I yeah. should, I'll this is a video, this is a video podcast. So well, they can't, oh, they can't. No, anyway. they, well, that's all right. I don't the, think you'll be able to see it. I'll describe I, it, but okay, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll send you a book anyway, but oh. even just the page numbers they have in paw prints. What? Which is, Sh which show is me on the video. I saw it. Show me on the video. I was seeing it. So this makes great audio. Oh, yeah, the page numbers are in paw prints. Which is adorable. I never would have thought of that. So that, that is uh, illustrations and yeah. Um, yeah. So just a lot of moving pieces, even just like I'm now redoing like the back cover of the book. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Mm -hmm. Did you have to make a lot of decisions or did they say, hey, here's an option? What? They asked me to make a lot of decisions. <laughs> and I, I would say six out of 10 times, I say, I, I would say I defer to you. Okay. Um, I would put in what I, what I thought. And then I would say, but I defer to you. So, oh yeah, I, I bet there was all sorts of like a lot of little nitty gritty details. Little, yes. Yeah. And that is one thing about me. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm, I can go with the flow for the most part. So I didn't get hung up on that. Okay. Great. So as we start, um, wrapping up our discussion on the book writing, what, if somebody has a, so, you know, they're, they're like you where they, they, they had something that's working for them or in the therapy practice. A lot of people are getting them great feedback. It's very niche down. You know, this is a pretty niche topic, Yeah, but it's also like, uh, it solves a big problem for people. Somebody has that and they're thinking, oh, I should do more with it. Or I should write a book with it. What advice would you give them as they start their adventure? So I'll quite quote Nike. Just do it. Okay. Every reason that you have for not doing it, just, just do it. My regret, which I shared with Lisa, is that I did not do this sooner. I'm really sorry. So I think if people are even thinking about it, they really should try. Perfect. Great, great advice. Uh, so let's, let's talk about where people can find you. Like, uh, online and what you offer. But yeah, just tell us about um, your offerings. Sure. So I'm in the New York City area. I'm in the suburbs of New York. If people live uh, around there, I can work with you individually and in person. I do offer a 15-minute complimentary phone call to try to get a little information and kind of help people find the right setting, the right therapy dog, et cetera, 
so that they can get the process that's outlined in the book. Um, I do I do Zoom consults. I I almost always will do a session with kids mostly, although their parents often learn a, learn a lot. We I show them pictures of dogs in different positions, and we and I I help them see which dogs are friendly. When should you stay away from a dog? And that that gives kids confidence, and it. Uh, you need to be cautious around dogs. We really do. It's like crossing the street or cooking. It can be dangerous. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. You have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, uh, if it's your dog, it's different than somebody else's dog. Yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, if it's yours, just like crossing your own street, you know the dangers uh, and what to look out for. That's a good point. Yes. But if, if I went to New York City, I'd be a little more fearful than my little old town here in Pennsylvania. Because I just don't know the the dangers, the people like I don't know the signs that you probably know without knowing. Right, but yeah. if you were there for a few days, you would probably learn them. If you showed me pictures of the street, like here's the signs, here's the people, here's the yeah. noises you need to yeah. look out for, yeah. and then I could cross the street with a lot more confidence. I bet you could. <laughs> All right. What's your, uh, what, do you have web pages or social media? I do. So overcomefearofdogs.com is it's the landing page for the book, but it also um, has some helpful information. And again, with extra nudging, I signed up for constant contact. So now there's a way to, you know, and get the email funnel, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then you have to write the email. So. I know. That's one of my. I know you know. I know you it's, know. It's a see. It's on my to do list to do every week. The write the email, and I write it like every other week. So yeah, yeah. Mm. And then there's a part of me that feels like you know what? People don't have to hear from me every week. Every couple of weeks is fine. But anyway, yeah. Um. So there's that. I can give you my direct email if you want. Uh, if you want me to put it in the show notes, uh, yeah, that's fine. I can definitely do okay. that. So why don't so, you? Why don't you do that? Okay, so it's my name, Stephanie, S-T-E-F-A-N-I Cohen, C-O-H-E-N-L-C-S-W at gmail.com. Yeah, okay. that. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Overcome Fear of Dogs. That I'm, you know, again, I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. Try the stories. I try the reels. Uh, I'm having some success. It's a mixed success, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then if people still do Facebook, it's Overcome Fear of Dogs. I have a, I have a theme. Overcome Fear of Dogs. <laughs> it's pretty. Great. Well, I'll put all those in the show notes. And I think. Thank you. Uh, and then, of will... course, the book, please. The book. And where can you get the book? The book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, a couple of other places. There are links on the website. And I like to ask, where do you get paid the most when people buy the book? Do you, do you get paid the most on your webpage or does it matter? Oh, I might sell it from the webpage. Okay. And I'm not getting rich from this book. <laughs> so, okay. Well, some, yeah. some people, you know, everybody takes a cut. And so sometimes when you buy it on the webpage. Um, yeah. No, I appreciate that. It doesn't. I get, I get the same royalty from wherever it's bought. Okay. Thank you for asking. 
All right. So let's wrap up with uh, if if you if people could only remember one thing, either about writing the books or whatever, if they could only remember one thing from this episode, uh, Stephanie, what would you tell them to remember? I would say. Again, don't wait. You don't know what's around the corner. Just just do it. There's people that you can get help with it. But if you have something to share. I really encourage you to do it. I'm I'm so glad I did this. Mm. I just wish I'd done it sooner. Awesome. Uh, and my one thing, I guess, uh, would be the don't, as, as we're talking about it, like your attitude of not taking it personally. Like it's important to you. You want to help people, but it's not, it's not your whole, like it's not all you are, all you do. Right. So um, that kind of takes the sting out of some of these trying things. Oh, it doesn't work. Well, it's okay. I'm going to try something else type of attitude. Right, I think that's right. a big part of being an entrepreneur Yeah, and growing. Not everything's going to work. Right. Not everything's going to take off. Uh, so you got to keep uh, trying and adjusting. And um, I really like that. perspective. Right. And I guess the therapist in me would say that it's sort of that growth mindset and you can reframe stuff and learn from mm. it as opposed to being upset perfect i'm gonna save that clip <laughs> okay you said a lot of cool things all thank right you. well thanks for being on the show stephanie well, thanks for having me james this is james marlin with a scaling therapy practice encouraging you to keep taking those small steps that lead to big growth we'll see you next time psych maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it. Thank you for listening to the Scaling Therapy Practice. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to remind you that the content shared today is for general information and entertainment purposes only. It shouldn't be considered as legal or tax advice. If you need a professional advice in those areas, please consult with a licensed attorney or accountant. But thank you so much for listening. The Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.